0: Welcome, everyone, to the regular monthly Science Department of building campaign call. Um, if you've got some sound going on in your background, if you could mute your phone, uh, that would be appreciated. Sometimes I can get them muted quickly, and sometimes not. I've found. <laughs> Okay, so and and this month, we're also commemorating the 20th anniversary of the Department of Peace legislation in its current form. Yes, yes, lots of movement.
1: Yes.
0: Uh, So we've had a couple of calls doing that already and then here again in our regular monthly call. So I've got people coming in uh, all the time here. Okay, so Uh, We usually do some check-ins, and I think we want to keep that to just um, two or three minutes because we've got a lot of content tonight. So if anybody has a a burning check-in that they'd like to make, uh, you can raise your hand or just start speaking. Ah, We've got people joining constantly. (coughs)
2: Erin, I'll just echo your welcome uh, to everybody on the call. It's really nice to see everybody.
0: Okay. All right, good. I think we're all ready to to start our program, which is fine. (laughs) Okay, as we always will start, we'll, again, if, if, uh, Deborah, if you can mute your phone for whatever reason, as soon as I muted, it comes unmuted. You've got background noise. And when you're ready to speak, I think you know how to raise your hand. And then. Hi, Kush. Hi, it's me.
1: And I've just joined an international meeting. Can I call you when it is over in about an hour? <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Okay, and see, ever-
0: see you in an hour. Bye-bye. Thanks. <laughs> okay. And uh, yeah, if you have to take another call, if you could mute yourself before you speak to somebody else, that would be great. Um, Okay, so Kendra will lead us in a connection exercise. And then we'll start with the agenda.
3: Well, we also, when we remember, uh, Mm -hmm. like to acknowledge the lands on which we stand. And so later in the call, when you have an opportunity to speak, or would like to speak. That would be helpful. If you can remember, and um, I remembered, <laughs> but because of Nancy's reminder, that I'm uh, acknowledging that I'm on the land, ancestral lands of the Pomo and the Coastal Miwok in California, and and part of the other thing that we do on each call is uh, use the heart connection. Um, And so I invite you to join with me to close your eyes and do some deep breathing. And on the in-breath, imagine that the breath is going in through your heart And when you exhale, imagine that the air is going out through your heart. Rita Marie Johnson, who taught us uh, all about this heart practice, says that this warms the heart and um, helps us focus on the wisdom that comes from the heart. And I find myself relaxing and sitting up straighter. I join you, ask, asking you to join me in that. And as we continue our deep breathing, imagine that we are sending out heart waves to everyone here on this call. Love energy and love energy to all the spaces in between us. and that connection and love energy to the whole globe with all of its entities and the earth itself. And let's bring that heart, love, energy into the remainder of the call. Okay. Over to you, Nancy.
2: Okay. Thank you, Kendra. Um, so I'm from the San Francisco Bay Area, which is uh, the ancestral homes of the Ohlone people, the Shell Mound people who um, lived around the 500 mile perimeter of the, uh, of the San Francisco Bay and down south to Monterey, that area. Um, I'm really happy to be on the call with you tonight. Um, As Karen said, this is part of our celebration of the 20th anniversary of Department of Peacebuilding legislation being introduced in Congress. Um, We didn't reach this point in a vacuum. Um, That's why I'm so excited to hear more about our history of peacebuilding tonight from from Lou. Before that, I want to introduce Dot Maver. I had a whole big thing and she told me to keep it short. So um, (laughs) Dot is connected with all of you and all of us in a million ways. And maybe we'll get to talk about that a little bit later, but she has definitely been connected for years and years with the um, Peace Alliance and the uh, Department of Peace Building legislation. So I will turn it over to you Dot
4: and let you introduce Lou. Mm, thank you, thank you, Nancy, and thank you, everyone, for the ongoing, steadfast campaigning and work service for the Department of Peace, the Department of Peace Building. So it is a great joy to introduce my brother Lou Ensel, director of the Biosophical Institute tonight. And as many of you know, Lou and I have been working closely together over many years, initially when I had the privilege of serving as founding executive director of the Peace Alliance and Lou and the Biosophical Institute played a significant role, particularly with the founding of the Student Peace Alliance as they partnered with us to offer the early trainings and the retreats in both Washington DC and Vermont. Very public heartfelt thank you. It really set up an infrastructure, Lou. And Lou presently serves on the board and as a trustee of the National Peace Academy in the USA. And that is an outgrowth of the Department of Peace legislation, which in its present iteration, as we know, commemorated 20 years, July 11th. So Lou is the executive director and a member of the board of directors of the Biosophical Institute, a private nonprofit foundation, and they invest in peace, education, and community. The foundation is based in Bath, Maine and has a beautiful retreat center for individuals and groups working on key aspects of the Institute's peace mission. The Institute also distributes grants to nonprofit organizations as executive director of the Biosophical Institute Lou works closely with those agencies that the foundation funds and he manages the budgetary needs and plans for the future of the organization and. Let me say this includes recent support of the Ungun Institute. Many of you know Dr. Marty Casey and her work, Collective Trauma Healing Through the Arts. And the Biosophical Institute and the National Peace Academy have co-sponsored three Ungun workshops now. A fourth in person is scheduled for the weekend of October 15th in Bath, Maine at the Chocolate Church field trip. Lou has over 20 years in nonprofit management from agency and community relations to associate director for a regional chapter of the Anti-Defamation League. He's been a policy advocate for public transportation and the financial manager for the Downeaster train service in Maine. And he's also worked in various community and public environments from food banking, to diversity education, from mediation to neighborhood healing through consensus building. Presently, Lou lives in Bath, Maine, with his family and serves on the district school board there. He is also a past president and member of the Rotary Club of Bath. Please welcome Lou Ensel.
5: Thank you, Dot. It's <laughs> always great. Always great to get together. Um, and thank you, everybody. Thanks for coming tonight on a on a summer night. Um, as Dot has said, I uh, yeah, I'm here in, in uh, Bath, Maine. And as folks are talking about remembering, there's the uh, Wabanaki tribe uh, was in this area, as well as some other um, ancient groups that that have been through here um, up and through this area. And once the Europeans showed up. Uh, basically for the last 400 years, um, this area has been known for shipbuilding. And so it is. it has quite a heritage um, because even though we're in little old Maine here, because they built ships here and they traveled the world from here, the exposure to, to the whole world and what they brought back is actually quite significant. So it's a little, it tends to be a little more sophisticated than you might think a small town would be. Um, but that's an interesting perspective and and what i'm going to talk about today because we are also the home to BIW Bath Iron Works which is where they build navy ships. And so there is that dichotomy of building for peace while we also build for and prepare for well in in, in the best light defense though sometimes you know obviously war. So it it's uh i love having a peace center and a retreat center right here. And I love letting everybody know that this is, you know, we can work together, we can make this, you know, we can live side by side with uh, the needs of our country and what we need to do. And so I'll get to that in a minute. But that's kind of the, just give you the perspective of the town where I'm at and what this is about. And so what I want to do tonight is basically tell you who we are, and Dot did a good job actually of doing that. So I'll just highlight a little bit more about who we are. Um, How we got here, which is what I know a lot of you want to know, um, with some of the history, and where we are going and so um we'll i'll do that and um just making sure i got the time here and so who we are as dot said we're a private foundation uh and in its in its essence what that means in our specialty in working with community and organizations that uh want a culture of peace that want to really broaden in depth the community that that we we all strive for a peaceful community we do that by seed money and gap funding we're not a huge foundation but the money we use we leverage with folks so we can give them the startup money that's kind of how we helped with the student peace alliance right dot that's what we did They needed that money to to get something going we helped individual students with a scholarship to get somewhere so then they could get the experience to get a bigger grant to go somewhere else and work their way up to help bring about a department of peace in nepal you know we did we you know so we play a small role but that leverage it gets things going so that's one of it so it's that seed money that gap funding that two thousand dollars somebody needs the five thousand dollars they can't get somewhere else that that really gets the ball rolling. Um, we are also, as Dot had mentioned, a retreat center. This retreat center, you can go to our website, biosophical.org. There's plenty of pictures on there. Right out right in the library park across the street from the library and beautiful fountain, Zorak Fountain. Um, famous artist. Uh, there's a there is a wonderful Victorian home. It's um, got several bedrooms. We have meeting space. Um, it's a wonderful retreat center for people to come for workshops and lectures, and really just as a retreat to, to think things through and figure out where, where we're heading next. And mostly, and as Dot has said, I think, um, and I'll, I'll get to more of this later, is it's about being partners. We don't just give money, or hold workshops, or rent out space. But what we really, really like to do is work with the folks who are looking for that. I mean, sometimes they just need the money, they don't need anything else from us. But we like to work with folks to develop, where is this going? How can we help? How can we be a real partner in what's developing? We introduce folks to other folks who are looking for for money and looking for things that need to get done. That's what we've done so well and most in-depth with the National Peace Academy. And I know uh, Lisa's on the call and and Dot and I and others from National Peace Academy, Kristen and others, we just really work so hard to, to, as we've been saying for a long time now, connective tissue. It's that connective tissue of bringing everyone together who is working on the same kind of work. And that's why it's such an honor to be here tonight to talk to all of you, because it is another step in that interwoven, um, tapestry of of creating this culture of peace and so that's who we are that's what we're doing now the really cool part is how do we get here so it's a very it's a fascinating history the gentleman by the name of Dr. Frederick Kettner who um, created this crazy term called biosophy um, which really means life wisdom and he got that from studying Spinoza which if anybody knows the philosophy of Spinoza, um, you have to know that what Kettner did back in the 1915 era when he, I think first discovered it, it was a big deal because Kettner had a Jewish background. He was from uh, Germany. Um, And what you have to know if you don't already is Spinoza is the only person in the history of Judaism that was excommunicated. Now it was for political reasons. He was a Jewish, he was a a Torah scholar. He knew what he was talking about, but he was making some waves in Holland in in the 1600s and the Jews had it good there and they didn't wanna see him mess anything up. And so they actually excommunicated him. What that meant was that throughout the ages, if you were any kind of religious Jew at all, You had to, you know, it was forbidden. Do not read Spinoza. So of course, Kettner read Spinoza, right? And so, in reading him, he really found uh, this this truth that he felt needed to be talked about. And in essence, it was, how do we develop our own peace nature? How are we all connected? It's not that God is in all things, but all things are in God. And so, to make that spiritual connection, to understand what it means to become a better person. That's what Kettner wanted to do. And so he created what, uh, what he called Biosophy. Um, he came to the U.S. and met up with Nicholas Rorick. And in doing that, um, created, uh, Rorick was already well-known and they created a, uh, he created a Spinoza Club. And a lot of folks started coming to listen to Kettner and hear his ideas about creating a better world. So to put that more in context, you have to understand this is post-World War I. Obviously, they just referred to it as the Great War. They didn't know about another World War coming. So post the Great War, there were a lot of mysticism. There was a lot of political upheaval. So all these groups were there was a lot of Malice Bailey, there the, you know, a lot of things were happening at this time. Um, of folks looking for new and better ways to do things. And so this was one of those movements. And what he started to talk about was this, that what we need to prevent more war is a Department of Peace. We need a Secretary of Peace. This has to happen. It has to happen in all nations. And he wasn't afraid to talk about it. And he just kept talking about it. And so um, the... um, What he ended up doing was, sorry? Oh, I thought I heard somebody. Anyway, so what he ended up doing was he created a, um, they started writing these pamphlets, the Biosophical Institute flourished. It ended up being in several cities. It was in DC and New York and Cleveland and Chicago. Um, And that all started in the 1930s into the forties. But in the late thirties, he Mm -hmm. even went to South America uh, and had like forty-one thousand signatures, or some something like that, of people who were demanding departments of peace. And it was a Pan-American um, uh, meeting he went to, where he talked about this and said this was necessary. It even got to a point, and I know that uh, uh, Nancy was kind enough to put it in in the notes in the email. There really was a film in nineteen thirty-nine that had. Um, some prominent Americans, including Albert Einstein, and some governors and some Nobel Peace Prize winners, uh, who were talking about the need for peace, the need for these kind of institutions, this new infrastructure. What's fascinating about it is it came out in for the World's Fair in New York 1939 in July, two months before Hitler invaded Poland. So they were still talking peace. There was still that hope. There was still, we have to do something. And this um, was an amazing film that, you know, there's a New York Times article about it. It was distributed to all kinds of places. And it was the Biosophical Institute that sponsored that. Um, What I have also, there were these booklets he came out with. And one of them was called The Need for a Secretary of Peace. And that one, it's, it's, look, it's the old, it's the old one. Um, it was, uh, and he had in there. And if you could put it up, if you could screen share that form if you have it, now would be a good time. It's, he had a 15 point plan. And I wrote it out for you there, so hopefully you can see it. Um, and so, what this does, and I want to go over everything, but just to give you an idea, it was about colleges for character education, academies of world peace, a, a world peace parliament. Um, I love this one. Number five is national and international peace stamps. We actually did get stamps that have peace on it, eventually. Um, Actual literature exhibits and contests about art, music, and sculpture that would engage the public in talking about and learning about peace. Um, Number eight, the peace encyclopedias. I'm proud to say that as um, a a foundation, the Biosophical Institute actually funded a um, peace encyclopedia, that uh, four-volume set that actually has been printed and is used in all kinds of peace um, studies courses even now. Uh, There's Peace Scouts and Peace Houses where all this could take place, Peace Ambassadors and a National Peace Press. What's so important about this is that none of this in his plan makes any sense or would work without a Department of Peace and a Secretary of Peace. Because in everything, when you read in, in more detail what each of these are, it's always about, and this is what the Secretary of Peace would sponsor. This is how they would communicate with each other on the different, um, you know, in the different uh, rounds of things. The, you know, everything revolves around the need for a secretary of peace. And what happened then is as he continued to do this, he wrote this other booklet in 1942. So now we're already part of the war and you can take the that down now when you're ready we can go back to the other thing. Um, thank you. Uh, 1942, he writes, something else, which this is what I I find is is just so important. It was called Winning the War and a Lasting Peace. And I thought it was so appropriate when what you called for tonight, because tonight is about peace and it's about getting rid of war. And what I loved about this piece was what he writes is all the things that we just talked about, all of those moments, all those details of different things that create a new kind of infrastructure, right? That we can talk about peace. What Kettner really wanted to do was he wanted to make peace a problem to be solved. It's not the absence of war. It's not that we're, um, you know, there won't be any more war, but it's like, if you want peace, you have to build it. You have to figure out how to create it. It's not something that just happens in the wake or in the absence of, of conflict. And so I love the title, winning the war and the lasting peace, even in 42, when, any of you who've studied, you know, we weren't winning in 42. It was things were not looking great. Most people were just worried about getting through the war, right? He's already writing about, okay, so democracy has to win. But if democracy wins, it won't mean anything if the democracies of the world don't come together to create a new world, and he was you know, talking about what would then later become the United Nations, talking about a federation of secretaries of peace, talking about how the only way this will work is if we appeal to our higher selves for a culture of peace. And this was the different ways he was doing it with his 15 point plan. And, and that would have to be a last, that's a real lasting peace. It's not just, okay, the war's over and then we'll just move on to other wars. And so I've always appreciated that. In the post World War II, um, he continued until his death in the 1950s and was actually in conversation with the Eisenhower administration. And it was, I think, a couple months after his death that um, they actually had the Institute had received word that they, the, um, I think it was the State Department, or it actually might have been the White House, we were ready to meet with them but he had already passed. And I don't think they had the opportunity to meet. I don't think they were in a position to do it at that point. But they really were pushing for it to that extent into the 1950s. So again, where that brings us now and where we're going, and I know I'm probably a little over time here, but we can, I I just, what I wanna stress is that we are all, all of us and all the work you've done over these last 20 years and continue to do now, are continue to stand on the shoulders of all of those who worked so hard before it's not lost it wasn't lost it was a continued effort all those generations and that was when dot and i coming back to it when dot and i first met that was how we connected we connected with the rorick and the kettner and the bailey and the and and, and the agni Yoga traditions and talking about the spiritual connection and and how that was so important and the shoulders we were standing on in order to do this work. And that it never stopped. It changes who's doing it. We are all stewards for a time, but that's why making this connection and talking to each other as we are now is so important. It's crucial because we have to know, no, it's not just, oh, we need it right now. And when I read the stuff that they were writing, it's so modern in their appeal for peace that it's not passive pacifism. It is uh, something that is is strong and has to happen. And so that's where we are now and where we are going. What I have learned the most since I've, I mean, I became director in 2006. My brother was the first director. He was a great guy and unfortunately passed away. He was a wonderful spiritual um, individual. And as I stand on his shoulders, and my parents who were a part of this, all of this going forward, what what I see in working with group after group, whether it's a national peace academy, the Peace Alliance, all of these, you know, now ungun, whoever we are working with, whether it's individuals uh, coming up with the curricula, or people creating workshops, or wanting to to do this good work, uh, we worked with people on forgiveness. I have learned that what's most important are these relationships. It's all about these relationships. It is the relationships we carry with as individuals and within organizations, because that's what lives on. That's what continues. That's what's going to eventually make this Department of Peace pass in, the, in, in Congress. It's these relationships. It's the desire, the need, and people will realize not only do we have to pass it, but we can't live without it. And so that, um, I know I'm probably over time, so I'll end it there for now, but we can certainly have uh, questions and a conversation, but thank you very much. It's a fascinating history, happy to relay more detail if uh, anyone's interested, but thank you so much for having me and uh, it's um, fantastic to be here, thanks.
2: Thank you, Lou, thank you. I wanna, I wanna thank you both for your words and for your work and um, and for the work, the historical work of your group and that um, the whole recognition about how connected we all are. Um, I'm thinking we should, we were gonna, we were going to have a short discussion now and then a little bit longer discussion in a few minutes, um, but I'm thinking we could meld the two um, and then Karen and I can give our announcements after that, at the end of the call. Um, So I would just like to start it off with maybe asking both you and Dot, um, any other thoughts about how connected we all are? I I didn't get to say all the ways Dot is connected with all of us, but a lot of them were mentioned. And um, just start with that and then maybe turn it over to Kendra to facilitate um, some questions from um, from people who are on the call.
5: Well, well, I'll let you know. Dot should can answer that probably better. I can, all the connections. You know, we're all just striving to be like Dot Maver. So mm-hmm. she's makes those connections and is just um, phenomenal and a phenomenal friend. But there's, and it just I don't, know, when Dot said it's just that we discovered all these spiritual connections when we first met. With the uh, the philosophies, the science of biosophy and the, I think it was the Agni Yoga, right? And the, which is probably how Rorick and 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 Kettner first connected. Um, but dot, you're you're more articulate at that than I am as to all those connections.
4: Well, you know, ever since the founding fathers, a couple of the founding fathers called for a peace department, recognizing that the need, the tremendous need. And Becky, I see you shaking your head because you were part of, was it Global Renaissance and Corinne and Gordon and everybody else? Yeah. Yeah. So you're, yeah, you're muted, but I'd love to hear what you have to say in a minute. I just want to say that at that time, when the founding fathers uh, recognized that need, that began that spiritual thread, that pull through. And when Lou and I connected, it was profound. Uh, re- realizing that Professor Nicholas Rorick, who is a quite well-renowned painter and philosopher and who really paints the spirit of Agni Yoga, which is uh, the yoga of living ethics and has to do with a, you know, creating the conditions for a culture of peace. He gave the opening welcome to the group the Spinoza Center at the Master of Arts Museum in New York City on Riverside Drive back in the day. And so some of the early board members, Lou, who, you know, Lois and the others, they were part of that group. They all, all those great thinkers, philosophers, spiritual beings... Like all of us in this room right here, we stand on the shoulders of giants. And right now we are the ones laying the pavers for those who will follow us, lest we forget, lest we for one moment stop being steadfast in knowing that joy is a special wisdom. And as Lou reminds me all the time that this is ours to do. This is ours to do. And David Wick, I note that you're in the room and, you know, David is the new president of uh, the Rotary E-Club of World Peace. Lou, I I think you know David, but that's a connection that needs to be made. And peace is really, simply put, learning to live in right relationship with self, others, and all life. So the, the connections run deep, our hearts unite across distance. It's a great joy to be in the room tonight.
2: I, I can't help but tell this story. I was in um, New York City Hi, this is a few years ago, um, visiting my son and I was Googling uh, museums that I could go to. And I came across uh, one that said free. And I went, Oh, that sounds good. And it was, um, it ended up being the Rorick Museum. I had never heard of Nicholas Rorick. And so my husband and I went there. We thought we'd spend an hour. So we spent the whole day um, and we started talking to the people there and we learned that Dot was connected with it. And um, (laughs) it just, it just reinforced in me that we really are all one big web of connection. And uh, it's so... um, So amazing
6: that we're all here together.
4: Mm. Um, Kendra, I know you're going to facilitate, so I'm gonna be quiet, but the Global Alliance for Ministries and Infrastructures for Peace is the other connective tissue piece I want to mention. Lou intimated, uh, the Biosophical Institute played a significant role in scholarshiping so many, particularly from other countries outside of the United States and Canada. Uh, when we uh, met in London and when we had the first summit in Canada. And that's, those are early days, 2005, 2006. And today, Anne Creter, hope you're going to speak to this, uh, the high-level forum upcoming. It's just all, there's a great resurgence and for all of us happening. It's really beautiful.
0: So I, I'm yeah, going to turn it over to... A little to little bit, this is Beth. Yeah. Beth, can you hold on a little bit? We're we're Yeah, I'm just letting you know I'm sorry I came late because I overslept. Oh, no worries. Glad you got some rest. Hold on just a minute. Go ahead. Me. Okay. So welcome to the
2: call, Beth. Um I'm gonna turn it over to Kendra Mon who has been working on a Department of Peace Building um for pretty much like what, a hundred years or something? Um <laughs> So I'm gonna let you uh, sort of frame if we wanna add other things to the discussion, but um, maybe not, we have a lot to talk about as it is. So I'm gonna turn it over to you, Kendra, and then we'll leave a f- just a few minutes at the end about to talk about what we're
3: doing um, coming up. So thank you, Kendra. I, I was thinking that um, the conversation is just going great without me. And i give give uh, Anne Kreider the stage right now. And would you unmute yourself, Anne, and talk about? Um, oh, what would you like me to talk about? If anything you would like about the UN resolution and um, whatever you... Whatever okay, you,
7: well, let me start by just saying something about um, Kempner and how I came across the biosophical connection to the Department of Peace, which was, I still was so astounded by it, but about, I don't know, 10 years ago, I was at the uh, Swarthmore College famous Peace uh, Museum Library. And I was looking, they had a folder on the Department of Peace. And I was really going there to see what they had. I was curious, it's supposed to be world renowned. And when I opened the folder on the Department of Peace, there was this article from the Biosophical uh, Society, which I didn't even know was still in existence today at the time, and it was written in the, like the 30s. I have it somewhere, but it was it was quite profound because I had already been uh, involved in um, you know, spiritual politics and Rourke and so forth, and it, it just struck me. But uh, to answer your question, Kendra, about where we are now, um, We're in the process uh, with Ambassador Chowdhury in trying to see whether, at this September 7th high level forum on the culture of peace, that we just now started to work on an afternoon program, whether it could contain um, a panel on infrastructures for peace. So that's, you know, we're actively involved in that even as of today. So we hope that uh, it will materialize, but you know, for many years I've been um, dropping that suggestion and um, it hasn't really gotten any traction until this year. So it's, it's quite an exciting place to be. Hopefully it'll uh, bear fruit.
3: Thanks, Anne. And I'm, I'm thinking that we should switch over so that everybody could get a chance to talk And I would love for everybody to tell us um, briefly what um, brought you to the Department of Peacebuilding campaign and what keeps you here. And I'll start by saying what brought me here was listening to Dennis Kucinich at a conference. And what keeps me here is I just keep getting excited by all (laughs) people and ideas that I'm hearing. And would somebody like to go next? Judy?
1: Uh, Sure, I'll chime in. Um, I don't know whether I heard it from Dennis first, but sometime in the year 2000, 2001, I heard about this idea uh, about the U.S. Department of Peace. And I had to do it. I actually was in a workshop up in Seattle, and I made a. It was all about visioning, and I made a commitment there, to uh, commit or you know myself to creating the U.S. Department of Peace. And, and what keeps you here? What keeps me here is the intention that I have that that will actually manifest in my lifetime, and I'm 73, so we're getting real close. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, also that I have beautiful, beautiful grandchildren, and um, the other thing is I'm fortunate enough to be in Maine and in beautiful. I live in beautiful places, and I look out at the world and this Earth, Gaia, need it deserves to persevere along with us, hopefully.
3: Okay, thank you. And Andre, would you like to share?
8: Yes, thank you. Namaste. Uh, it was Dennis Kucinich and Marianne Williamson that uh, motivated me, but uh, it goes back to 2001, right after the U.S. decided to use war to solve the problem from the World Trade Center. I thought, well, they're missing out on all this. The, the whole world was showing their sympathy and empathy for the U.S., and they used military to solve the problem that was wrong. And I I became a peace activist and I went to my first peace conference and there was WILF, Women's International League for Peace and Freedom. And when I read their materials, I said, that's for me. Mm -hmm. And so now uh, I'm here because yes, uh, we need to create the political clout to make the changes for a peace department and for, for changes in the consciousness of the, of the people of the world. And the Nobel laureates just issued a, an a urgent call for action because the world crises are getting worse. So I think, and, and while my work is around uh, facilitating a way for the women to rise up around the world as the first ones to rise up and then invite the men, because the men won't be the first ones to do it, <laughs> and promote a global movement of nonviolence. So it's not about women; it's about every everyone. Like the civil rights movement it wasn't just about black people; it was it was for everyone. But nonviolence is the key, and so I'd like to. I'm here today to make an announcement that I, I've been very fortunate. I presented it to the UN, the pl- a plan. And so I'm looking for now people to join in to uh, one last step is needed. So if anyone wants more information, I'm going to post uh, my a few yes. a little information on the chat. And,
3: that would be great, Andre. But it's,
8: it's to create the political will to create a Department of Peace. Okay. And change thank the you. consciousness. So thank, thank you. Me. Thank you.
3: And Wahida, I don't know if I'm pronouncing your name correctly. Wahida Rob. Is that
9: correct? Did you want to say something? Yeah. Can you hear me
4: now? It's yes. It's yes. Rab. Yeah. But many people call me Wahida because of the spelling. And I don't mind. Um, uh, but thank you for the opportunity. I joined today. I believe this is my second or third time. Um, my uncle, Mr. Chaudhary, he introduced me to uh, this uh, Zoom meeting a few months ago where he was presenting um, a topic on peace and on his experiences. And uh, so I get invitations regularly. I believe I'm on your email list. And uh, I, I like your idea of you know solving things with peace. Thank you.
3: And we just have like uh, about four minutes left. Um, Lynn, would you like to say something? Lynn Lannon? No. Uh, Lisa, Lisa Worth Huber, would you like to say something?
6: I would- just like to say that it's an absolute honor to be with all of you here and i'm so excited about the i just feel this reignited energy around um the department of peace building and it thrills me i i i come to this i being involved um in peace work has sort of been something that i've been drawn to since i was very young and um i uh, was a connecticut representative for the movement a long a while back and i am so excited to jump back in fully and um this just feels like part of my life calling and so and i work with um lou and and dot with the national peace academy and I also had a master's program in uh, peace and nonviolence where Dot was one of my professors. Thank you. (laughs) And I'm told in the chat
3: that Becky would like to speak. I, I don't see her.
9: Becky, would you like to speak? Yes, please. Thank you. So I first got involved in in 2000 with Dennis Kucinich and Marianne Williamson, and was very active in the Dallas area. And I think at the time we had so much excitement, we didn't think it was gonna be such a long haul. (laughs) And we didn't have as many ways to communicate as we do now. And so just keeping people in communication and to see how much we've grown, sometimes it's hard to remember Um, how big it is now and how much we've grown. You know, at the time, we didn't even have a school that offered any kind of peace studies, not in the early 2000s. There wasn't anything. And it's sometimes hard to remember how much, especially it's probably more visible internationally than it is in our own country, unfortunately. But it really has grown in leaps and bounds. And just being back present tonight has me very aware of that. Um, most recently, I've been involved in the spiritual peacemakers, and I do things with um, James Twyman, and I've done that for several years, but also um, always standing for peace and bringing that conversation to everything, and there are several of you I recognize and I've been in conversations with, and most of the times it's been on the phone calls, so it's really great to, to be on a Zoom call because it, it gives us more, something more tangible, and I think it's easier to keep our spirits up and to keep going when we have this kind of a connection. So just thank you for that opportunity. And it's really great to be back here tonight. So thank you. Thank you. And I,
3: I have time for one more person and I can't see everybody. So go ahead.
10: I can could, I could share if you'd like. Yes. Hello everyone. Uh, I'm uh, Devon, I also go by Echo. I, uh, I got introduced basically along with Andre uh, through the response of this country to what occurred um, in 2001. I was actually uh, brought in uh, after college. I was a physics major and I'm like, who else is on a different operating system? So I started finding intentional communities and uh, got connected with the peace movement and the Kai, and lived in Wasayek near the home of the, uh, of the World Peace Prayer Society. And um, they're uh, in a the process of parting with some of their land if anyone wants some land above a peace sanctuary in Wausaic, New York. Anyway, I'm now um, on the land of the uh, Cherokee and other folks down in Appalachia um, and building community, intentional community and working with the Empowerment Institute uh, to create and the peace, peace on Earth by 2030 campaign to create a Peace on Earth zone uh, here in a very biodiverse and socially diverse region of the country. And uh, it's a very, uh, there's a lot of exciting energy around how we can template and cross-pollinate these things. I, I do appreciate the work of everyone here. And I, I'd like to invite us to take a really deep breath together, return to that inner spirit, and, and realize that the peace is an inside job. The future is an inside job. So the more that we, that we give away our power to some external Authority and expect that to substitute the work that we can do every day in our own garden and family and and, and modeling those um, the the work that, that is of course applying the, the, the practice that that we you know, it's so so rewarding to see the the Rorick uh, painting above your shoulder there Dada. and uh, the woman who was talking about free is usually my general price tag and seeing that huge crystal and all of the, 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 the 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 spiritual energy that's 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 conveyed through the work. Um, of, of some of these folks who've touched the transcendent and that that's actually everywhere. Um, you know, Ralph Nader said, we need to simplify the profound. We need to get off of all the high horses. I, I'd love to see more people, um, you know, of, of color on these conversations and and, and that, that that this is no longer um, only for the spiritually elite uh, among us who, you know, have been seeing the esoteric connections and drawing them together. And so uh, glad that, to, to be here on this call and and anyone that has uh, suggestions about what we can do locally here, and especially template a decentralized movement that we're not waiting for someone else to pass a resolution that any one of us at any time can, can resolve to live differently. And that's, that's what I've done um, some time ago. And I'm so glad to be here in the room with so many of you who are also doing that. Thank you, Bless.
3: Thank you, Echo. And I'm gonna turn it over to Karen and Nancy who have some announces, announcements and um, pass forward.
0: Nancy, did you want to start, or would you like me to? Uh, Well, I'll start.
2: Um, So as a lot of you probably know, we go to Washington, D.C. every year to advocate for uh, co-sponsors for the Department of Peace Building Bill and to uh, to ask members to, to sponsor it. This year is no exception, but this year we'll be doing it virtually as we had to do last year. So by doing it virtually, the bad news is we won't be able to pick up power bars from Barbara Lee's office or peanuts from the Georgia offices or see the beautiful artwork, uh, Southwest artwork uh, from Raul Grajava's office. Um, but the good news is that that makes it more accessible to all of you and other people. Um, so what we're doing is um, we'll be setting up congressional meetings starting very soon. And those meetings will take place during the week of September 27th to October 1st. And we need your help. All of you. Uh, That's something everybody can do is think about contacting their member of Congress or some other member of Congress. And, um, so if you can do that, if you would, um, email me nancy at peacealliance.org and i'll keep i'll keep track of all the meetings and we'll uh, we'll provide the zoom rooms and all that kind of thing um you won't be alone we'll have some training so uh, watch for our announcements about that and um, just know that you can make a difference. It's fun to do this and um, it's fun even if you have to provide your own power bars. So (laughs) please join us. And um, one other thing you all could do is uh, we have a list of uh, uh, organization endorsers um, of the Department of Peace Building and it has over 200 organizations on it. But if you're representing a group that would wanna join that list, we would love to add you. And again, you can just email um, that information to me at uh, at nancyatpeacealliance.org. So Karen, what else?
0: (laughs) Thanks. So this is our second virtual advocacy days. Obviously a lot of the people on the call tonight were part of virtual advocacy days last year and you'll remember the summit uh, that had almost six hours of content and we wanted to get a little bit more use out of some of that and and find reasons to send people to those links on our youtube channel uh, because it's worth reviewing again and so we're going to feature a couple of those speakers and have calls on all of the wednesdays in september leading up to september 27th when congress is in session uh, and and then have small panel discussions and then more discussion I think uh, it was probably universal that we just wanted more time with every single speaker uh, and group of people who came on with us uh, we had such great um, conversations and information and inspiration from everybody last year so we'll be getting something out about that before long but reserve the Wednesdays at this same time in September to join us and Uh, you can start contacting your members of Congress right away to schedule meetings. And if you've done it before, you can go ahead and have a meeting, but we can also uh, have a conversation about that and keep Nancy in the loop as she just uh, mentioned by emailing her uh, that you're even going to have a meeting because then if we've got people from your same congressional district, we can match you up ahead of time and work together. And I think that does it for virtual advocacies days 2021.
2: Karen, could I, could I say something? One more thing. Um, I think you can. Yes. (laughs) So um, I came to the, when I, when I uh, first heard about the department of peace building, um, it was in 2004 and I had been very preoccupied with raising four sons and uh, taking care of my mom who was dying so i i was really attuned to the uh to the news and didn't know there was a department of peace building bill um when i learned there was one i thought wow that's pretty cool cuz i thought it was my idea <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and so i feel like we all are connected that we've all had this in our hearts and souls for forever, probably. And um, I just am in so much appreciation for all of you. And every one of you is doing so much to advance this whole thing. So I really appreciate it. And um, since we have about five minutes, I don't know, would uh, God or Lou, would you want to add any other um, just kind of wrap up kind of kind of messages?
4: I know, David, David Wick, you had a question for Lou, I
0: thought. Yeah, in the chat.
11: Well, hello, and delighted to uh, be with uh, all of you. And I've been aware of uh, this journey for a long time. So delighted to share this with you. Um, again, Lou, you, you mentioned or was mentioned that you're in Rotary. You've been involved with Rotary, as am I. And I'm now the president of the Rotary E-Club of World of Peace and you know rotary is changing it's evolving you know with a, a greater emphasis on peace and peace building and it's changing in many ways just curious as to what has been your engagement or experience with peace building within rotary or bringing it to rotary
5: yeah sure no it's um it's it's slowly been building here people are starting to understand that rotary has this whole Peace Studies kind of like their version of Peace Corps element to it Um, and so we haven't done a lot just within our Rotary Club but I've had some folks who have been through their uh, you know master's program and doing some of those things show up and speak to us and uh, there's some other folks locally who are interested in that and I mean I'd like to see more being done Um, and I, I think I sent you my email I'm happy to connect with you and you know talk about it further as to what's happening within rotary what I like about it is a club like rotary that does so many good so much good work from you know ed- literacy and clean water and all the other great things that the fact that they're seeing what an important element bringing peace and peace studies is really just you know it is changing a lot because more and more of the If you've been reading the Rotary magazines there, you know, there's a lot going on around the world where they're emphasizing this peace element. And I think that's a great way to, uh, I don't know, I think we can make more connections with them, uh, with what things like, you know, Peace Alliance is doing other groups are doing to um, bring about these departments of peace, because it, I think Rotary legitimizes a lot of the peace work, because it already has such a good reputation. So, you know, happy to talk more about that.
11: But, and as you say, it's all about relationships. It uh, is. Totally. It's one of the things that we're doing is assisting, um, we're working with Rotary International and, and other uh, clubs, but helping Rotary see everything it does, all the water, all the health, et cetera, et cetera, huge things is all peace building. It really is all the umbrella of peace and peace building. So more to come.
5: Yes, thank you so much. Thanks for being president of
8: that. Thank you, Doc.
3: Thank you for every, everyone. And I think Laura is going to close us out with a, a, a quotation. Um, Laura, can you unmute yourself? Thank you. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> I have a quote. This is one of my, can you hear me?
6: Yes. Yes.
3: Okay. This is one of my favorite quotes and it comes from the famous guitarist Carlos Santana and mm-hmm. he said, the most valuable possession you can own is an open heart. The most powerful weapon you can be is an instrument of peace.
5: Wow. Thank you. Oh. Thank
2: you, everybody.
3: That's a great ending and thank you all of Thank you. If, if we get on gallery view, then we can all say thank you and goodbye.
1: Join us again. <laughs>
3: thank you for coming
0: and join us again. Third Wednesdays. <laughs> Third Wednesdays. Save the chat before we end. Good point.
6: I'm saving the chat. <laughs>